I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll learn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. The beautiful thing is that when you name your number, you get to set that path of where specifically you want to go. And then you can start figuring out how you're going to get there. But the truth is, if you're listening to this and you're hearing it and you're not setting that target and you're not getting clear on that vision for what you want, then let's be honest, you're making a conscious decision to stay put. And it's totally cool. If you want to do that, and if you want to stay in that place, welcome back to the Name Your Number show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. And if you're ready to name your number and create your passive investment plan that you'll follow step-by-step to get there, then head over to investormindset.com slash number to download your free vision planner guide to get started. And for those of you who are ready to build this plan together with me and a community of other like-minded investors just like you, you'll be invited to schedule a call with one of my top advisors. Let's get into the show. Today, I'm excited to have Nate Barger with me in the studio. How are you doing today, Nate? Doing amazing. How are you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get in to it with you today. Those of you who don't know Nate, he's a real estate investor and entrepreneur, been in the industry for over 16 years. He's flipped over 3,500 properties, holds over 1,800 units, and really has built a life around financial freedom. And uh, we're going to get into a lot about that today. And uh, before we do, let's start off on a personal note by looking back at earlier in your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that played a role in your money and investing journey? Man, great question, brother. And thank you for having me on the show. Um, You know, I started off just like a lot of Americans. I grew up in a just probably normal blue collar, alcoholic or dysfunctional family. Because a lot mm-hmm. of us don't grow up in, in, in certainty. And so um, one of my earliest experience, I was four years old and my father hung me over a dam by my ankles. Mm. You know, he's laughing drunk and I'm thinking I'm going to die. Mm. I didn't realize at that point forward that I had PTSD. I didn't uncover that until I was in my 30s. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when you grow up around stuff like that, you just grow up around a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing, and then you Mm. find that violence is the way that you think you get things done in life. Mm. And so I went through um, 13 years old. I got sent or I was 14 years old. I got sent away to an orphanage. Mm. Um, It was Ohio Veterans Children's Home. It was kind of a, you know, I was not going to say I was really a bad kid, but I wasn't a good kid. (laughs) And so by the time I got out of there, 16 years old, I'm selling drugs. By the time I was 22, in and out of prison twice with four felonies. So I really didn't have any skill set other than selling drugs because it's all I knew. And yeah. so for the, the, the rest of my 20s, I would find and try to find ways to be successful 
every different type of way, but I was fun and everything through selling drugs and then go try to start a business and failed yeah. and failed over and over and over and over and over. And I mean, there must've been 25 businesses I started. They all failed. Mm. And, um, it, I mean, I, I made millions of dollars selling weed. I was bringing in 330 pounds a, a week from Tucson, Arizona. So every trip I made, I wouldn't make a trip every week, but if I made a trip back, I'd make $242,000 in profit. So wow. money came easy, but mm -hmm. the stress that came along with that life was mm -hmm. insane. I can't even tell you the level of, you know, I remember one time and I, I took this uh, Clayton Napier was his name. He's, he passed away now, but he's an attorney. And I take him $80,000 in a paper bag. And he said, what's that for? I said, I need to retain you. And he mm -hmm. said, for what? And I said, well, I don't know. I just want to retain you. And he said, <laughs> he says, well, Nate, what, what for, man? I said, man, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to get arrested. And he said, mm -hmm. well, look, man, if I take this money, I have to report it because it's over $10,000. And I know you're good for mm -hmm. it. I know your family. And mm -hmm. he said, but why don't you go do something else? And that was a question to me. I was like, well, I've been trying. I just didn't know. And so a couple months after that, um, man, I, I just cried out to God because I knew I was going back to prison. If I got caught, the feds were watching me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going back for two or three or four years. And mm -hmm. if I, and this is how crazy it was, uh, uh, Steve, it was, I was willing to go back and do three or four years. And yeah. I didn't even have a case against me <laughs> because the last time I remembered having peace and you, you talking about someone in their twenties, that has got millions of dollars, brother. Yeah. I had no peace. Yeah. And so the last time I remembered having peace, I was in prison. Mm. Think about that, man. Yeah. That level of dysfunction in life. Yeah. And so I, um, man, I cried out to God. I just asked him because I couldn't stop selling drugs. Mm -hmm. I didn't do drugs. I didn't need the money. However, mm -hmm. when you grow up in a dysfunctional family, you take on a lot of these traits sometimes. And one of mine was I became an enabler. And I felt mm -hmm. like I had to take care of all these people around me. And every time I didn't have some weed, they'd be like, Nate, man, I need some more weed so I can make some more money. And so you feel yeah. compelled to help people in, in a level of dysfunction. And so I had to um, cry out to God and he broke that and he showed me real estate. Mm. And so it, it literally my first year in real estate, I did, I think, 12 properties and I did the Burr mm. strategy. And, mm. you know, I cashed out over three hundred and sixty thousand dollars in excess of what I had in the properties and then still had and yeah. eh, really didn't have cash flow, much cash flow. But at least it was paying the mortgage and paying the mortgage down. But I made one huge mistake. I didn't understand real estate cycles. I didn't understand reserves. I didn't understand targeting the right type of areas that have appreciation in them. I just was buying cheap houses. Yeah. They were cheap for a reason and they stayed cheap. Yeah. And so by 2010, man, I created all this debt and I was bankrupt. And so I worked through that a couple of years with creditors and, um, you know, that was a hard time in my life, but it wasn't, really till I went to go see a specialist. And he said, man, well, he did the stress test. And he was like, your stress test was, I don't know what it was like at 800. And he said, mm. people started having mental breakdowns at a 400. Yeah. I said, well, I don't feel stressed. Because you and, grew and, up and, in that. You lived exactly. in that. That's what you were used to. That was, I was what used your body to it. was comfortable. Yeah. It was like, dude, I'm like you're taking my money. Like there's nothing like, dude, I thought I was going to prison for 20 years. So it's a different yeah. level of stress. And so I realized that a lot of times people let fear, fear is working through a problem that's hard 
And that level, once you conquer it, that thing that used to be fear is the place where you live in. And so mm -hmm. if we learn to conquer our fears, we learn to live in them areas that other people don't even want to go near. And as yeah. you do that, there's a lot of money up there. There's a lot but, of strength. There's a lot of money. But, you know, coming from this place, right, growing up with a challenging childhood, I can relate and understand you do things in order to get by, in order to do what you think you need to do in order to survive. You learned a skill mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. skill was being a proprietor. You happen to be a proprietor of drugs and you knew how to make money. And in that game, there's violence, like there's no mm -hmm. protection except the own protection that you create. And so from That's that right. place, you had a skill set, just like anyone else listening might have a skill set right. in their job or their career. Career. What I love about this story is that just like anybody else listening, once you have another option, once you realize that there's another path, once you see that it's possible for you to do that, to go down that path and actually start applying a new set of skills, the ones that you've developed, but in a new way that you were able to actually free yourself from what was holding you back, despite having millions of dollars, despite being in that place, you were lacking the peace. And then by That's going right. and applying this new way of thinking, you were able to do something different. Anybody can do that, but That's not right. everybody will. What do you think yeah. it was about that situation or your experience that led you to actually taking action to succeed in that space? Well, I think growing up in a dysfunctional household in a lot of ways, um, you take on different personality traits. And so yeah. mine was at a young age, I felt like I had to provide because all I heard my parents argue about was money all the time. We didn't have groceries. I mean, imagine a six-year-old kid literally going out here selling pencils at school so we can have food, right? Yeah. It's a different level. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, then I start using food to cope. And, 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 you know, feel comfort and look at me now, man, I still use food to be comfortable. And <laughs> look at me. I'm comfortable, baby. Yeah. But, you look you know, comfy. <laughs> yeah. I'm very comfortable. And, and so, you know, those things stay with you the rest of your life. That's still something that I struggle with today is um, my eating. But man, I got to tell you, I love eating food, brother. I love it. You know, consciously, just like so many people know consciously that there's another way to use their money yes. to create the life they want. But there's something that is in there that's holding you back. Either it's not enough motivation, there's not enough pain on the other yes. side of what that's going to be, right? And you've got to go through that process and make a decision. You're yet to a point where you've decided that that's no longer the way you're going to live. That is just part of life. There's going to be things that we, oh, we wish we could change them, but we don't want to change them enough until we get to that point where it's absolutely a must to do that. You know, speaking to the viewers, man, if you don't have money, if you're not financially secure, you're not headed there. I hate to be blunt, but man, you want you you want to you want to struggle. You want to be poor, just like I want to be fat, because in yeah. reality, if I did not want to be fat in six months, I could have washboard abs, man. Yeah. But I'm not willing to put that work in. And yeah. so there's nothing different about another human that can go out here and make it happen. But he decided to do he or she decided to do it. And the same thing with money and the top one percenters will tell you it's because I made a conscious decision that I was going to be consistent and I was going to do it day after day after day after day. And at a times when I felt like giving up. And crying, guess what I did? I cried, but I didn't give up. I mean, I remember one time I'm sitting in my car, I got 10 windows and the, and the contractors come up to my car and, you know, wipe my eyes clear. And um, man, the contractor said, man, you crying? I said, no, nah, man, I got something in my eye. He said, what about your other one?
<laughs> you know, and and yeah. that's that that's that I realized at that point it was four o'clock and I had my schedule and I had five minutes and I said five minutes to decompress. Well, the guy walks over to my car in that time. And guess what? I realized then the problem. The problem was I gave my mind five minutes to think about giving up. And for them whole five minutes, all it wanted to do was give up. And I said, I will never give you five more minutes to give up. And I packed my schedule so full of stuff because even after I started doing real estate, my first from 2005 to 2010, I accumulated 250 units. And Mm -hmm. by 2010, I was bankrupt, man. I lost Mm -hmm. everything. I had Mm -hmm. um, a couple industrial buildings. I didn't understand, you know, what I understand now. And I lost everything. And I came out of bankruptcy uh, in June of 2013. Mm. And by the end of 2015, guys, I had over 35,000 a month in passive income. Mm-hmm. And that to me was the first time in my life where I got to breathe. Yeah. And I said, man, I'm moving to Florida. We're moving to Florida, honey. We're just going down here. We went to the Keys. And for the next four months, man, I just did everything that I thought you would do when you're retired. I, yeah. I did it, man. I was 40 years old. And I came from going bankrupt just a few years earlier to now being retired. But those 16 and 18 hour days of work that I put in, that's kind of what made it happen. But really what it was, was all the failures leading up to that. Yes. I learned from those mistakes. And a lot of you guys, man, you, you can learn from Steve and take the shortcut. Don't go out here and take the long haul, man. It is costly. It will cost you decades of time. And so, you know, when you get into understanding the getting around successful people and learning stuff from them, man, I'll pay whatever because I spent over $10 million learning the stuff I know, but most of it was failures. That's the irony, right? People want to go and try and fail and do it themselves. And they try to kind of you know, build their own way. And look, I think you can learn a lot from that. But when you decide to kind of get off your knees after getting knocked down so many times, you look around and say, who isn't falling over? Who didn't trip Mm -hmm. here? Who's Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. succeeding, right? The reason you were able to make so much passive income within three, four years of coming out of that situation was because you had a decade of experience compounded next to that lesson and a new motivation to go out and do it, right? right. You- Mm -hmm. Back to what we were talking about earlier when it comes to, you know, people making the decision to do that. The beautiful thing is that when you name your number, you get to set that path of where specifically you want to go. And then you can start figuring out how you're going to get there. But the truth is, if you're listening to this and you're hearing it and you're not setting that target and you're not getting clear on that vision for what you want, then let's be honest, you're making a conscious decision to stay put. And it's totally cool. If you want to do that, and if you want to stay in that place, wherever it is, maybe you're making a crap ton of money, or maybe you're broke. Either Mm -hmm. one of those places Mm -hmm. are obviously one's better than the other. But the whole point is that when you come to that place of making that decision to then step into the discomfort of learning something new, that's where great things really happen. So I feel like we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to kind of how you went about creating that. But I'm curious at this point in your life, right? You've reached financial freedom. You've created passive income that supports everything that you'd 
want to do in your life. And I know you're a mission driven guy, so you're going to continue working because that's what you enjoy doing. That's what fulfills you. Some people might mm-hmm. want to kick back. Right. Other people might want to go on vacation and somewhere in between for everyone else. Tell me, what does that ultimate life vision look like? What are you working towards? What what is this all for? And what are the kind of things that you get to enjoy today because of that work you've done and the things that you're looking forward to experiencing the future? No, great question. Um, you know, for me, once once I became successful, um, it was more about what's your passion? And I always thought my passion was real estate. But my passion is teaching people real estate. Mm. So my goal is to help 10 million people become millionaires in real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what you guys are saying. Millionaire. Listen, man, you go get a million dollars a day. You're broke. It's yeah. no money. And you may not think that if you don't have any money, but you get a million dollars, man, you're going to be just fighting to try to hang on to it. That's no money. Mm-hmm. And so but if you can get a million dollars, then you can get 5 million. If you can get 5 million, you can get 20 million because you've learned to do something over and over and over again. It's just taking a, not more risk necessarily. People say risk, but mm-hmm. it's doing it just a little bit on a bigger scale and doing it over and over because your skill set gets greater over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's really just helping people because I see people struggle so bad financially in the United States. And I'm like, dude, you don't know about leverage. You don't know about compounding interest. You don't know um, tax benefits of properties. Like you think 8% returns good. Brother, inflation is 8%. You're getting zero. And if you understand how to leverage property, even with a 75% loan, and you can identify areas that are going to have growth based off of future demand, not past demand, then you can find areas that are likely to appreciate. It's a mathematical formula that, that, that we use. And basically you look at what, current inventory is, what you can buy it for, what it costs to build new. And then you figure out what equilibrium is based off of future demand. That's Mm -hmm. where the opportunity is. And if you can do that successfully, then that's when your real estate portfolio will start to grow. And every five years, you can go pull more cash out tax-free and you can do this over and over again. That tax, that money you take out, you do whatever you want. Most people like me, they're going to buy more real estate. But mm-hmm. that's my passion, brother, is to show people to quit their W-2 jobs. And I got uh, people every month that are quitting their W-2 jobs, people every month that are becoming millionaires. And that, to me, is more rewarding because I know that that didn't just change their life. That changed their kids' kids' life. Now I'm teaching them about the mm-hmm. infinite banking and other things that are generational. And to me, what more important is there to do? Like if I go make another yeah. five or $10 million, my life's not going to change, man. But for that person to become a millionaire and quit their job, that's going to be meaningful five generations from now. The psychological shift that happens, Nate, when somebody realizes how to make money and how to invest and how to think like an investor, how to have the investor mindset, it changes everything for a lot of people in their life. Because all of a sudden now that individual, you are an example to other people around you say, Hey, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And Mm so I think it's beautiful. I think when you actually can make that kind of change happen in the mind first, and then through the actions, through the strategies, through the tactics, that's where some really incredible things can happen. And I think if you want to go down the path of becoming a real estate operator, 
of running real estate like it's a business, of going out and finding deals and putting them together and making this your new passion. There's pros to it and there's cons. There's some people who do not want to go get another job. They're looking to kind of go down a different path for those people who are looking to maybe create a new business, to kind of go down this path, Nate, and they want to start working in real estate. They want to start actively finding properties, managing properties, managing property managers, managing the asset, raising capital, doing all these things. What are some of those first things that people who want to go down this path of creating a new active business in real estate, what do they need to be thinking about? And then what do they need to do in order to get there? A great question. So, I mean, first they need to come up with what they want their life to look like, mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't know where you're going, it's like just you walk out of your house and you start walking with no idea where the destination is. And so let's say, uh, what's his name? Usain Bolt. Pretty quick guy, right? Yeah. Now let's say me and Usain Bolt take off from the same place, but he has no idea where he's going. And I just gently start walking and I, I beat him. He ran around yeah. all around. He had no idea where he was going. So first understand where you want to go, which is yes. why your podcast is so great. Pick your number. What does it look like? What does that life look like? What does the food taste like? What does the car look like? Or what does the mission look like? It doesn't even have to be financial for you. It could be something that you want to do for other people. Mm -hmm. And then put a plan together step by step by step to get there. But you got to understand there's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be times when your mind tells you to give up. And that time is probably going to be every day. So you have to have good people around you to push you through, because if not, you're going to give up. And when you get on that path and it becomes really, really, really hard, that's confirmation that you're on the right path. If you're on that path and it's not hard, you're not pushing yourself, man. You're not going anywhere. But before you go on that path, you need to understand the things that you're doing. You need to be intentional with your time every day and intentional with your goals. What that means is so many of you guys are afraid of bankers. They're not, they're mm -hmm. not going to give me money. Well, if he doesn't lend, lend out money, he's getting fired. His job is to give out money. You're afraid to go mm -hmm. ask that guy for money because you don't really know how to present a deal to him. They loan your money. You put 100000 in the bank, they're going to take that and loan out a million dollars off of it. 10 to 1. Yeah. It's called fractional reserve rank. Some of them 12 to 1. And so you have to understand all these things. If you're an analytical thinker like me, then you won't overthink it. You'll know the process and know how to do it. But most importantly is why are you buying? If you're yeah. buying for cash flow and you're not paying to the, uh, uh, attention to depreciation, you're probably going to struggle if you're buying an area that you're just buying cheap housing because this housing is cheap for a reason. Most of the time it's because you had a lot of blue collar jobs in that area. They left um, when the when when the people left, they didn't take the houses with them. So now you have an oversupply of inventory. So you want to track the new jobs that are coming in. I mean, this stuff is data driven. And when you start to use data, Instead of emotion, man, you will become wealthy. And I tell you guys, man, in five years is all it really takes to become a multimillionaire in real estate if you have a clear path. And I ain't telling you you're going to have 30000 40000 a month in passive income. I'm not telling you that. Some of you guys can if you're starting off and you have a different skill set like what he talked about. But I can tell you step by step that you can retire with seven dollars to $10,000 a month in five years. That's not impossible. And a lot of that you're not going to pay taxes on because you got what's called accelerated depreciation, bonus depreciation, 
an appreciation that is going to make it look like you made nothing on paper. So understanding the tax code is a key part of it. And this is totally legal. And once people begin to understand this stuff, then they start to say, wow, I wish I would have knew this sooner, but it's never too late. Yeah. And again, I'm going to tell them just like you, you do real estate. I do real estate. There are times when it's hard. There's times when there's things that you got to do that you don't want to do. There's, I mean, I got an eviction going on tomorrow of a lady that had five heart attacks. You know, I said, Mm -hmm. man, why in the hell are we evicting her? And, Mm -hmm. And they said, look, we've done everything we can. We've, she did not follow through. We reached out to programs. We had everything set up. And I said, did she not do it? Cause she had another heart attack. They said, no, she just didn't do it. So there's times when you got to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. But that's, that's the business decisions that you got to make, or, you know, you're up. Like I got a, a, a hotel right now. Literally I'm paying two guys, $1,200 extra a day. Cause we're on fire watch. It's $1,200 a day for a security firm to come in and make sure that there's a fire because we have a problem with the sprinkler. Right. Mm. And so who cares? I get the problem done. Get the get the uh, we'll be back online tomorrow. I had to pay these people forty eight hundred dollars. I mean, is it something you want to do? No. But hey, it's part of investing. There's going to be things that come up that a normal person just can't fathom. Oh my God, what if this happens? So what? What if you work for 40 years and you're still broke? Well, I think it's a beautiful path because no matter where you're at along your income journey in your career, in business that you're running, you could be somebody who's making millions of dollars a year in a business and step into real estate and have a lot of success. You could be somebody making $50,000 a year, step into real estate and start creating that success. And especially it makes a lot of sense if you're somebody who is at a point in your life, in your career, where you're thinking to yourself, you know, I don't have the money to invest passively. I don't even have that much money to work with in the first place. Well, then what you need to do is you need to trade your time to go out and learn a new skill so that you can increase the amount that you make per hour so that you can start leveraging your time to start earning more. And it's it's going to be hard work, right? When you're getting into the business of being an active real estate operator, it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. It's going out, finding deals. It's, it's, it's two to- full-time jobs. And for those of you that think you're going to work 40 hours, man, I'm tired of working all these hours. I'm, they got me working 50 hours this week. You want to go do real estate? 80, baby, maybe 90, maybe a hundred, but it's temporary. It's not forever. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And unless you fall in love with it, unless you come to the point where like you and me, you know, I go on vacation, I'm excited to work on the things that I'm working on because I know how much of an impact that it's making, but there's another path. You know, if you're the person and you've got money, you've got a retirement, uh, account set up with millions of dollars in it, or, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in it, there is a path for you to get involved in real estate without having to do all the work. Now, they're both have huge benefits. It's absolutely one of the most powerful vehicles when you build a business and you go out and do that. But you can take advantage of almost all of those benefits when you passively invest as well. So, you know, I know that you know a lot about this as well. So rather than me telling them, why don't you talk a little bit about why somebody would want to go down this path of passive investing and what that can do for them when they do it right? Yeah, great question. So a lot of a lot of people out here are high net worth um, income earners. It doesn't make sense for you guys where you're at in your path or journey to stop and relearn real estate because you're making a lot of money. 
One of the things, and I'm going to tell you guys, is controversial, but I got a buddy of mine that makes about $2 million a year. He's a W-2 employee, and he wanted to invest with us, not even necessarily to make money. Now, obviously, he wanted to make money, but he was like, dude, I'm paying all this money in taxes. Is there any way? I was like, well, dude, you're a W-2 employee. What's your wife mm -hmm. do? Well, she's a stay-at-home mom. I said, well, why don't you let her manage your money, invest it, and then she can get, if she becomes part of a GP, you put the de together deals, she can get what's called bonus depreciation, accelerated depreciation. So there's a lot of different loopholes. As I'm a real a estate professional. As a real estate professional. So, uh, you know, it's the reason why Donald Trump doesn't pay taxes. They didn't come to his bed when he was born and say, Donald, <laughs> you're special. Here's a special tax code just for you. So for the main majority of Americans, they say, well, man, I can't do it because I wasn't born in the wealth. Well, 88 percent of millionaires are self-made. OK, what's the next excuse? Right. It's the excuses that keep us from there. But there's so many different um, people out here that want nothing to do with real estate. And then you think about, to me, giving my money to the stock market like, bro, I have no idea what's even behind this. At least real yeah. estate. I say this is it. The bricks. I can touch it. What yeah. city is it in? What's the demand? You know, yeah. what what is the expected appreciation based off the things that are happening in the market? It's a real tangible asset. You can't just go print more of it. And a lot of um, Wall Street is being printed. I feel like it's being printed more and more. You got things trading at 40 and 50 and 100 times P.E. ratio. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. You have no idea what these people are doing. So you can get out here with a person who syndicates, who does all the work. And when you get with that person, just vet them good. Make sure they got a good track record. Make sure that they're not coming out saying, well, we, yeah, we think the year over year rents are going to increase 6%. Like, dude, that's aggressive. Yeah. You know, if, if you think they're going to do that, show me why. Well, yeah. because right now the rents are 900 and they're building new ones down the street for 2100. Why are they building the new ones down the street? Is there a tax subsidy? No, there's a new business coming in. Okay, so now you're going to take and convert this then I get it. But if you're just yeah. one of these syndicators that don't understand all that, man, be careful, do your due diligence, but you can make a lot of money investing in guys that do the Burr method, real estate. Cause yeah. what that is, is basically they're going to get your money back in a couple of years and you still maintain your equity if you're doing it right. Well, I think it's one of the best strategies when you are a person with money. If you're making more than two, $300,000 a year, a million dollars a year, you've got excess money that you can save. Mm -hmm. And then you can park that into these properties, just like you're saying. And if, if you're able to invest in a deal and you're able to get that money back every three years, that's another seed that you get to plant over and mm -hmm. over again that keeps paying you. And oftentimes, one of the beautiful things about passive investing is that investors typically get 60 to 80% of the profit, meaning that person who's doing all the work is getting a lower percentage of the profit, but they're excited to do it because by doing the syndication, they can use all of this money together to build a much larger portfolio, which creates an economies of scale and allows them to leverage the cash that they have to be diversified and create a higher rate of return on their dollar. So it's a right. beautiful symbiotic relationship when you find the right people to work with. And, you know, just like Nate's saying, he's He's on a mission to have 10 million people be on this path towards doing that. There's going to be some great folks that you can work with along the way. Talk to me a little bit about some of the biggest challenges that people face when they're starting to go down this path, 
to follow in your footsteps, to go out and become a real estate operator or separately, what challenges people face when they're making investments passively and how can both of those parties be able to overcome those challenges? Real estate's not traditional. This syndication stuff is pretty new for the average American person. And so even investing for a lot of Americans hasn't gotten big until the last 15 years in buying real estate and scaling portfolios. So you had a lot of mom and pop operators. Now you got people that are getting more sophisticated because they're getting the information and they mm -hmm. understand how to put a 506C together, how to raise capital. Man, I remember me and Mike looked for a year and a half calling attorneys to figure out who could do a PPM. Yeah, I mean, that's how hard it was back in the early, two, uh, you know, 2009, 2000. We couldn't even find an attorney. We would call attorney after attorney. And well, yeah, I don't really do that. And it's like now you can just go on social media and type it in or boom, it's right there. Well, this stuff so, has been around for hundreds of years, but it for for that period of time, you had to be in the right network, the country right. club. That's you right. had to know a guy who knew a guy mm -hmm. that referred you in. That's right. That's right. And now, you know, listen to someone's podcast like yours, like people and and but now people will they don't execute on it. The information's all yeah. there. So the biggest thing for somebody that's getting started is that it's going to be your mind. You're going to make excuses. I can't do this. I can't do that. And when I tell people, man, when I came out of bankruptcy in 2013, I had a 400 credit score. I had negative tax returns. My tax returns were negative 359,000 and negative 329,000. But in 2014, I bought 28% of all the multifamily that traded in Cincinnati. It's because mm -hmm. instead of me looking at the problems I had, I looked mm -hmm. at the solutions that were available. And what were the solutions? Well, you know, Nate, hey, man, you need somebody with credit that's willing to sign for debt. Okay, what else I need? Money. Okay, what else? A deal. Well, I know how to find deals. Manage the deal. Put the due to construction. So those skill set that Steve's talking about, that's mm -hmm. what I had. I just didn't have no money. I didn't have no credit and I was bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go out here and get some investors to believe in me. And I had to say, oh, by the way, I just went bankrupt doing the same exact thing that I'm telling you to, that we we're going to do. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, what's different? What I was very fortunate to have an investor that went that, that when I went bankrupt, I didn't take any of my investors with me. I was like, dude, I'm not I, I, I'm going to make you guys whole. So when I came out, they were like, what do you need? I mean, I had one of them yeah. gave me five million dollars because I I, I paid for him to foreclose on a property so he could foreclose on a property and we get clean title back. I mean, mm -hmm. it was sticking there with the investors instead of running from the problem. I ran to it. What was mm -hmm. the problem and mm -hmm. helped him solve that. And he said, man, I, I couldn't believe after that he would give me more money. But he said, dude, I saw you at your lowest point. You didn't run from the problem. He said, you know how yeah. many people that just gave up at that point? Yeah. Don't give up. Today, I own over 300 million in real estate. I just launched a $110 million ground up development. I got another hundred and something acres. I mean, it's man, if I wanted to go do a billion dollars in properties, literally like that, I could. But that's not really my passion. Mm -hmm. My passion is to show people how to do it. One more question and we'll wrap up before we do tell the audience how they can get in touch with you. So I got a free Facebook group where I teach people all the time. Um, Burr Invest, you know, we got about 240,000 people in there and I love showing people how to do that. Um, yeah. And then I also got a mentorship for those of you that are interested in going deeper. Burr Invest Academy in the first 17 months, my students have increased their net worth over $280 million. Um, 
real testimonials, man. You can see it over and over again. And, um, man, it's just, it's lovely to see that you got normal Americans. And some of the greatest stories I got is that, man, I always thought going to college was the right thing to do. And I said, why? I asked my buddy, Chris Long. And he said, well, you know, because in a town I lived in, if you went to college, then you got to run the assembly line. Everybody else had to work on it. And yeah. that guy always had a new boat and a new car. And it was yeah. like, that's all, that's all you guys wanted was a new boat yeah. and a new car, man. And so, but now like he, like Steve, when people sharing all this information, anybody can become a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So wrapping up on this, what's your advice for the listeners who are on this path towards creating their ultimate life vision financially? What do you want to leave them with as a reminder of those actions that they need to take? You got to find your why, because you're going to want to give up. It's human nature. You're going to want to give up. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. So when you identify your why, I want you to write it down. I actually, what I challenge people to do is to go write your obituary. Mm. And they're like, huh? I don't want, I'm not ready to die. I don't care. We yeah. want to know what the hell you wanted your life to look like when you're dead. Mm. Go write your obituary. And then when you feel like giving up, mm. look in your obituary. And if giving up was anywhere in there, then you can <laughs> give up. If it's not, then what will happen is you'll realize that within 10 years, you'll have accomplished everything on your obituary. You'll have to write a new one because you'll say that. that wasn't enough. And so that's identifying your why, identifying why you're doing this. It's not about you. If it was about me, Stephen, if it was just about you, we probably would have gave up, right? Yeah. But we've identified something inside of us that is a driving factor to provide for beyond us. And it's you guys, the listeners, it's you guys. I mean, first it becomes your immediate family. Then it becomes mm -hmm. your grandkids and it becomes your great, 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 great grandkids. Then you start to understand like, man, all that stuff's taken care of, brother. What is it now? When I was it's focused just on me, when I was focused on what it was about for me, it was from a place of lack. It was from a place of never enough. When I started changing that and it started changing once I had money and I realized I still had some of the same problems, it was a lot better to have yeah, money yeah. and have those problems. You can actually figure out and invest in solving them. But it was from this place of realizing that it has to be about something bigger. It has to be about giving back. It has to be about other people, because when you attach a set of goals, a vision that is making impact externally out on the world, on other individuals, while also having your own personal driving, motivating factors internally or for what that does for you. Those two together is what ends up leading people to creating massive amounts of wealth and feeling fulfilled on the path to doing it. So Nate, beautiful to talk with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. For all the listeners who are looking to take an active path in real estate, definitely get involved with Nate. Look forward to having you on the next episode and we'll see you next time. Thank you, brother. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Fitch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to the investormindset.com to join the Insider Club 
where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.